Alright, if you have your Bibles, we're actually in our series at the moment called Unto Us. And uh, this is a series, a Christmas series that we're part of tonight and the next couple of, uh, uh, next service. And so um, tonight we're going to look at Mighty God. So our text tonight is Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6. And we're going to read down to verse 7. And the reason why I want to preach this message is so that we could get an understanding of, of the real meaning of Christmas. That Isaiah prophesied in these dark times that he was living in, he was prophesying that there is going to come a child that is going to be born. And then there's also a son that is given. And so I want to bring our attention to our text and, and really during this Christmas, understand that what was prophesied back in Isaiah had come to fruition in Matthew chapter 2. That the wise men have now realized all the scriptures fulfilled. And they went on a search to find this child that is to be born. And so unto us a child is born. And we want to look into the verse tonight. So if you turn with me, Isaiah chapter 9 verses 6 says this. For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And the government will be upon his shoulder. And his name will be called Wonderful Counselor. Mighty God. Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. So last week we looked at Wonderful Counselor, and tonight we want to look at Mighty God, Amen. So Mighty God, the Hebrew word for Mighty God, the root word is Gibor, G-I-B-B-O-R, Gibor. It's like, man, that's a funny name, Gibor. And Gibor means strength, it means power, and it actually translates divine hero, El. Gibor is saying, God of strength, God of power, my divine hero. I mean, if you think about this, Isaiah is prophesying of the son to come into the world that would be one day your hero, my hero. The prophecy was to come to pass that, man, this, that during these tough times in Isaiah, which he was living in at that time, People, it was dark, it was gloomy setting, and yet Isaiah prophesies and says, listen, there'll be a new dawn that will come. Unto us a child will be born, and he says his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. And he's calling him right there. Isaiah is saying the hero is far greater than Moses. He's far greater than the ones of old, than Joshua and David even put together. And Isaiah is calling him this divine hero. One with all power, one with all strength, a God who does mighty acts. He's the God of salvation. Can you say amen? Isaiah says in chapter 10 verse 21, just a few chapters and a half later, he's talking about Israel returning from captivity into uh, in Babylon it says this a remnant will return they will return to the mighty God I mean think about that this is the mighty God that they were able to now come out of captivity and they will return to this mighty God and so Isaiah prophesies and says unto us a child is born unto us a son is given I mean you think about this phrase the Christ was not only born, but He was given. He was given by God to become our Redeemer, to become our Savior. And this is why we celebrate Christmas. 
This is why we have this joy of this time of year because not only is it a celebration, but it is a reminder of our mighty God that was prophesied back in Isaiah. Matthew chapter 2 verse 1, let's read the story. It says, Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem saying, Where is he that is born, king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. These wise men were on a mission. These wise men realized the scriptures that's been told from the Old Testament that it's coming and they realized there is a star signifying that's where he will be born and they were on a search to find this wonderful counselor, this mighty God. And in Jesus' life, when he was born, I mean, we're talking 30 years on, Jesus, this mighty God, not only has power, but as Hebrews chapter 4 verse 15 describes this, we have not a high priest, which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was at all points tempted like we are, yet without sin. I mean, here is Jesus Christ, a son is given. A child is born and a son is given. And so he was given so that he could feel what you and I feel. He was given so that he would understand the way you've been tempted. He would understand the problems that you face. He would understand the struggles that you would go through. But yet, tempted at all points, but yet without sin. This is the mighty God that we're talking about. This is the mighty God that yet, even through temptation, that even through the struggles, even through the hardship of his life, that he wanted to quit. Even though during the time of the Garden of Gethsemane, that he chose to say, nevertheless, not my will. This is the mighty God. This is the King of Kings. This is Jesus Christ. And he proved himself time and time again that he is the mighty God. From the fact that all of the sins of his of us, all of our sins were gathered upon his shoulders. And just as 1 Peter chapter 2 describes in verse 24, it says, Who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. I mean, this is the mighty God that we serve. This is the mighty God, the one that took your sins upon his own body on a tree and died to the sins and that we might live for righteousness and he says this promise by whose stripes you were healed i mean the heart of christ became like this reservoir in the midst of mountains all the streams all the rivers of iniquity and sin, every drop of your sins and my sins ran down and deep into this vast lake, so to speak. And I want you to picture it would have been deep as hell, the shoreless uh, sins that would have ran down as Jesus died on the cross, shoreless as eternity. And all of our sins in this one big river, this big lake, as it were, is in Christ's heart. And yet he endured them all with many signs of human weaknesses. Within his body, he cried out, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Within his body, he cried out, I thirst. During his time on the cross, he cried out. And with this frail body that he had, 
wave after wave of pain on the cross. Uh, upon his head, the crowns would have been pressing down. Each move that he made on the cross would have triggered the, the, the veins within himself being so sensitive. would have triggered things in his lungs. And yet he stayed there, lifted his head. This is our Christ, the mighty king. He was more than a conqueror at length, but yet he put the sins of you and I Listen, to public execution on the cross. Our sins are dead and they cease to be. I mean, the sins that have no power over us, they are sought for they shall not be found anymore. And certainly, listen very carefully. If this is true, he is the mighty God indeed. He is the king of kings that died on the cross for your sins and my sins. And even more than that, Jesus descended into the grave and he slept. I mean, you think about this. The hour, the appointed hour was come as the sunlight of the third day gave way. Here it is. Jesus Christ snapped the bands of death as it were, but like a thread, I'm conceited as it is, breaking loose the chains and rising to life. With all glory and power, his flesh did not see corruption. For he was not able to be held by these bands of death. And who shall be the death of the death? The plague of the grave, the destroyer of destruction. Listen, our mighty God is an immortal God whose being is eternal without beginning and end. He's able to break the shackles of the grave. He crushed death and he proved himself to be the mighty God. And this Christmas, I want you to remember as you begin to celebrate the mighty God who took your place on the cross. I want you to remember that during this time of this year, that you, whatever things that you're facing, the problems that you're facing, remember Jesus knows exactly what you're going through. Remember Jesus knows exactly how you feel. He sees your loneliness. He sees how broken you are. He knows that you can't go to sleep at night and He cares for you. But I want you to be reminded that He not only knows that you're feeling this, but He wants to give you power to get through it. He is the mighty God. He is the mighty King. I'm telling you, there is no one like our Jesus. Can you say amen? He loved you. I mean, this is, we could just seal it right there. Just be like, man, this is the message that He loved you. I mean, if you can get anything else out of a church service, may you never step out of service not understanding the message that God loved you, that Jesus loves you. He washed you and I from our sins. I mean, He loved you so much that He wanted to take your sins upon Himself. I remember as a new Christian, I'm, I'm reading this verse because all I wanted to do when I first got saved, you know what I wanted to do? I just wanted to know Jesus. I just, I, I didn't want to get involved in ministry because I was part of a, 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 you know, my music scene. I was like, man, I do not want to be involved in the world or anything at all. I just wanted to be low key and just come to church and just really sit in the pew and just really learn from Jesus. And I remember sitting in my chair and I'm hearing sermon after sermon after sermon. And I'm just, I'm literally get, like, I'm like, I've never heard the message of the gospel being preached before. I'm like, wow, God loves me. How can he love me, man? I'm, man, I'm, I'm, I'm bad. I'm a naughty boy. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not a nice guy. 
Man, I've done some, you know, I've been bad to some people in high school. I've been, I'm like, man, God, you could ever love someone like me? And I'm reading through the scriptures of, of Jesus. And, and what got me was the point where every single person, the Pharisees were mocking him, saying, you know what, you, you're a blasphemer. I'm thinking, Jesus, say something. But yet he remained silent. I'm, I'm reading this. I'm like, God, why do you stay silent? I wanted to know Jesus. I'm reading and reading and reading. And all of a sudden, I get to the cross. And Jesus says the words. And this is what got me. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And all that I've read to that point made sense. And God spoke to me. Jesus spoke to me and said, man, I've kept quiet because of your sins. I kept silent because, you know what? Although they were accusing me for the stuff that I never did, it was all the things that you did, Bobby. It was all the things that the person that sit next to you did. It was all the sins that the person that you drive past. I mean, if we could just imagine for a second, and you're just driving down the street as cars go by. I mean, these, these places, every single person has a soul, and Jesus loves them exactly the same. Jesus loves them with an everlasting love. And, and I'm telling you, as we understand that the words of Jesus Christ, when He loves us and He wants to forgive us, He is the mighty God. And I remember having this revelation of what Jesus done for me. And I was like, man, I, I don't want to do anything else. I just want to know Jesus. He is the mighty God. And I can testify that this mighty God has taken me from trial to trial to trial. He's taken me out of uh, lots of uh, issues in my life that I've failed. He's taken me through uh, pastoral changeovers. He's taken me through relationship and marriage difficulties. He's taken me through financial hardships. I'm talking about 12, 15 years of being saved and understanding that He still is the mighty God. And I want you to understand that, you know, no matter what you're going through, no matter what you're facing, listen, I want you to be reminded that He is El Gabor. He is God, your divine hero. He wants to save you. He wants to deliver you. But will you surrender your life? Will you begin to give it up and take the road of humility? Come on. And say, you know what, God, I don't want anything else. God, I don't want to do anything else in life but just to know you. And if I can understand you more, let me know you as the mighty God. I don't want to know you as the God that blesses me and I can, yeah, receive. Thank you for that. But God, I want you to know you in a way that you are the mighty God. That your trial that you're facing, you got to get a revelation. God, you're the mighty God. Your word says it. Put him to the test. Come on. We need to understand. You know what? We're in relationship with Jesus. We need to understand he is the mighty God. That he is not only the counselor, the wonderful counselor. But he's also the mighty God. Amen. He's the one that is able to not only cleanse us from our sins, but he knows us divinely. And he wants to help us in any way, shape, or form. This is our mighty God. Let's bow our heads in a word of prayer tonight. Very simple message. Let us get to know Jesus on a personal level. In your own time, why don't you sit down and begin a... Go back through the stories of Jesus again. I mean, in your own time, I, I encourage you, get to know Christ. Get to know Jesus. Understand who He is. Read about what He said. Read about what He did. 
Jesus Christ. He is the mighty God. Maybe you're here tonight and I want to give you the, an invitation just like we do every single service. You're here tonight and you're not saved. You're here tonight and you're not right with God. I want to ask you the simple question. Where will you spend eternity if you were to die tonight? I mean, you think about that. Where will you spend eternity if you were to die tonight? The Bible says it's appointed for man to die once and then comes judgment. My friend, my brother, my sister, I'm telling you our sins. Jesus says uh, it is our sins that separate us from all eternity. Jesus said you must be born again. Are you born again tonight, my friend? I'm asking you tonight, do you know Jesus? Let me flip that question, but does he know you? The Bible says that on that day, Jesus will say, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of your Lord. He says that to those who know him, to those who have relationship with him. But then he says to those who have no relationship, he says to them, he says, depart from me. I never knew you. In fact, it says many will come and say, Lord, Lord, did not we do this? In your name. And Jesus says, depart from me. I never knew you. Brother, sister, is that you tonight? I mean, this might be your last message that you would ever hear. Are you ready to take the humble road and repent of your sins and turn to Jesus? Are you ready to surrender your heart to Christ and be totally free? If that's you, I want you to raise your hand with mine and say, yes, that's me. God loves you. God wants to save you. God wants to redeem you. He wants to deliver you. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand and say, yes, that's me. My brother, my sister, if you want to be set free truly, it starts with repentance. It starts at salvation. You got to surrender your life. You got to humble yourself before a holy God and say, you know what? I want to be saved. If that's you, raise your hand. It's not about coming to church. That'll make you a Christian. The same thing as going into McDonald's. It won't make you a cheeseburger. You got to repent of your sin. You got to give your life to Jesus Christ. If that's you, lift your hand with mine and say, yes, that's me. I'm not saved. I'm not born again. You know you're going to hell. Lift your hand and say, yes, pray for me. Pastor, that's me. Maybe you're backslidden in your heart. You're away from God, just like the prodigal son. You're not saved. You want to give your life to Jesus. Come home tonight, friend. Give your life to Christ. God loves you.